Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Uh, welcome, Rocky. Hey, Brian. It's good to be with you, even though it's remotely. I hadn't seen you. In... <laughs> no, I have seen you, but I hadn't been with you, but I've seen you a lot. Yeah, you haven't seen me live, but uh, yeah, we're coming to you from virtual reality, wherever that is. So we're in the cloud somewhere. Um, so yeah, so please, uh, Put up with the, if there's any kind of audio uh, distortions or anything, then uh, you can blame it on Zoom. Uh, but we're uh, doing the best we can to to keep uh, putting the word out and uh, keep encouraging all you guys out there. And uh, I I think Rocky and I I speak for Rocky too as we say we're uh, we're proud of all you all out there who are continuing to meet and uh, meet in your journey groups and you're not letting this stop you from meeting uh, and you're using creative ways to get together. And we've heard a lot of great stories of just uh, that it's been the what people really look forward to their journey groups now more than ever because <clears throat> they feel isolated and they and it's a connection point to be with other other common believers and all that so uh way to go guys out there who are continuing to to lead and and be part of journey groups so, no, Brian, so uh, i just yeah. got to my journey group uh uh-huh. just uh jummy a few minutes ago and and we we had them all over in fact we had one that was in there side by side out in the country Cause they had to look at some property, but we had, we had three of them there. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, and I mean, this thing is, is really working and we had to get over the, the awkward application of it, but, but we are really, I mean, I mean, it's interesting how, how this is working. You know, the journey is all about going vertical anyway. It's not about horizontal, it's about vertical, but it's interesting how this is making us really go vertical. And mm-hmm. the guys are prepared, and they and it's just really discussing uh, all the subject matter really good. So it's a blessing. Well, well, we we may do another podcast just about what we see developing with the use of virtual journey groups and technology, because we really feel like God's inviting us to, and, and He's been getting us ready for this for two years. It's not like we just start doing this. He He put this in our heart a couple of years ago to start using technology more to reach people in new cities and. Uh, I think we're all sensing that there's about an explosion about to happen with journey groups. Yeah, uh, so maybe, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, this is going to be the problem with this. You know, you step on people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm really, you know, we had visionaries that pioneered this for us and you and, and Tom C were very much that and Tom's always said, man, this is going to be the, the future, the future. And, and I don't want it to be completely the future. I want us to be able to come together in small groups and embrace and and lift each other up physically, you know, be involved with helping uh, that way. But also we're not going to, we're not going to have to do it only that way. This is going to open up more doors to be able to have people that travel to, to be able to stay in their journey groups. They'll be able to uh, get in their video uh, through the, the, through the technology we have here. Uh, and you know, it keeps it seamless. And I think disruptions is one of the biggest problems with a journey group. And if we can keep it from being disrupted and keep it focused and let it be seamless, then it's a blessing all around. 
Yeah, and I, I just want to say this while we got everybody's attention is that um, <clears throat> I think there's thousands of men and women out there who've been through the journey who've never guided a group for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't think they're ready. Maybe the timing wasn't right, whatever. But we're praying the Holy Spirit's going to put it on the hearts of some of those people to come out of retirement, if you will, and uh, and go pay it forward, you know, and help or reach back and help other people. And one way to do that might be through a virtual journey group. But uh, we're just praying for God to touch the hearts of, of lots of people out there who might get back in the game and share what they were given with other people. So uh, anyway, I hope, hope you guys are listening out there. And we'll, we'll talk more about this in coming weeks. But uh, but you know what? This is uh, this is what they call Holy Week. This is, uh, this is the week that uh, Jesus went into Jerusalem uh, to face his destiny, the reason he uh, came to the world which was to die and to suffer. And, and uh, so we're Rocky and I, we, we always really honor that every year on our podcast, Christmas time and Easter time. But I'd say Easter is probably our favorite time as Christians. But uh, so uh, we Rocky and I want to enter into that and, and enter a little bit of a conversation about, about Jesus and what he did on the cross. And so I'm going to open up with a verse, which uh, takes us to the night that he was betrayed and he had uh, just had the Last Supper with his, his disciples, and he was uh, had told him he was going to be betrayed, and Judas left and went started the plan into motion, and uh, he finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane with uh, Peter and, uh, and Peter and James and John, I think we're all with him, but uh, it says, uh, Jesus went to them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking him with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And uh, so, Rocky, we uh, at Christmas time, I posed a question to you: What if Jesus had never been born? Kind of like a play on the the George Bailey "It's a Wonderful Life" theme of what if someone had never been born? And you take away all the significance that they made in the world. We we threw that out there. So I guess I'm going to pose a similar question: Jesus prayed three times that this cup be removed from him. So what if he had? stopped? What if he had not moved forward? What if he had turned back from the mission of the cross? I'm going to start there, Rocky. What are your thoughts? Well, the thoughts that come to me as you read that is, is the agony that Jesus was in. And I think that we have a false picture of Jesus many times. I mean, even, even the pictures that we see of him that uh, we grew up with, these Italian masters that <laughs> that depicted him as tall European and whatever blue eyed, maybe, I don't know, but no, he was, he was, he was, a, he was a Jew. He, he was an Israel, Israelite. I mean, he, 
he would look the part. And I, I imagine a lot of us would be surprised and and see and see him and say, wow, you know, he just seems kind of common, normal. And because he didn't distinguish himself among other people based on that. Um, I won't be that way when we go to heaven now, but this is what he was in this body on earth. So you, you see the humanity of Jesus. Yes, we know that Jesus is God, and he was God among us, and he was God who came and lived among us. He's God who became man. But when he was here, he was man having to lay down his crown, which means also to lay down a lot of the things he could have done as God, but chose not to do as God. And I think that we need to understand that, that it was Jesus' choice to be on that cross. The Romans didn't put him on that cross. And uh, the Pharisees didn't put him on that cross. He chose to take that cross. He could have taken himself out of that any moment. You understand that, don't you? I mean, he could have been, he could have said, that's it. I've had enough here with these people. And he could have walked away from it. And I think that was your question. What would it be like? And we'll get into that in a minute. Well, and, and I, I want to bring in that verse. You, you and I talked about this earlier, and you, you were reminding me of another verse that kind of talks about what you just said about whose choice it was. Um, in John 19, when he's interacting with Pilate, um, he says, uh, he entered the headquarters. He says, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So they, so I mean, we have to get back to the, the fact that Jesus willingly became the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. He, he, he even became a bondservant, it says. He, he laid down his crown and became a bondservant. In other words, say says bond slave. Bond slave is one who sells himself for, and, and becomes an indentured servant. He became an indentured servant for us. He became the Lamb of God for us. Uh, and he submitted to the Father, his Father, our Father, to go to that cross, to, to be beaten, uh, and to be done so painfully. And Jesus was in great agony in Gethsemane. We, we see that. There are other accounts that say he sweat drops of blood. He was in such agony. Uh, and when a person is in agony, think about it yourself. If you're in agony, how close are you to saying, I want this agony to end? We have addicts that are, addict, uh, that are in agony, and, and they, they shoot up because they want to get out of pain. We have alcohol, drugs, whatever. People are looking for relief all the time. And you have to remember, Jesus was now a man with a body, with feelings that would be hurt. He would know he would be going through so much physical torture, but that was the small part of it. What we don't understand is the complete agony that he was facing. He understood it. It was far greater than the physical agony on that cross. It was taking on every sin that has ever been committed in this world 
past, present, and future, taking the wrath of God on himself to redeem us from what we would be facing. Mm. He took it all. And we, we, we don't understand that. But when we look at Almighty God walking in this body, telling us and showing us, please wait with me. He said this to his friends, please wait with me. Uh, guard yourselves, but wait with me. He was saying, I'm alone and I need, I need strength here. I, I need encouragement. I, I don't need to be left alone here. But the fact is, is that he was left alone. They left him alone, and he perceived that Father left him alone on that cross. And he had to carry this burden by himself for us. Mm. Now we get a picture of what he was going through. And it's far greater than what we can conceive of as mere human beings. The only thing we would do is that we would be tortured and we would die. Him, it was more to it than that. Well, let me jump in here, Rocky, because one time uh, I was talking to you about the Old Testament God that we meet, the God we meet in the Old Testament, and how he seemed angry and how he, you know, he, he was wiping people out. And, and as a matter of fact, he wiped everybody on the earth out besides Noah's family at one time. And then there was another time later that he wanted to do it again. And he said, Moses, let's just start over. Let's just, you know, I'm sick of these people, you know, and uh, they keep going to their idols and all that. And I was talking to you about that because I said that's a stumbling block seems to be for a lot of people who won't come to faith because they think that's not the kind of God they want to worship. And you said something to me about that's true, but he put he took all that wrath out, all that anger once and for all on Jesus. He took it all out on Jesus on the cross. You know, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, yeah, I mean, he poured out all his wrath, all his wrath. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb. But I want to say something else is that, you know, we serve one God who is three persons. Yeah. His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we pray to Father, we pray to Son, and we pray to Holy Spirit. When Holy Spirit lives within us, we have a communication line with Father and Jesus. I mean, because one God, three persons, and we relate to the three persons three different ways, obviously. Sometimes Papa is, Father is Papa to us, and Jesus is Savior to us, and he walked this earth, and he knows everything that we go through. He knows the temptations we face. He, he, te- he was tempted, and he overcame them. He understands, and that's the great aspect of that person of 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 the Trinity and the Holy Spirit lives within us. He's our comforter. He's our guide. But the point is I'm making is that I believe that when Jesus hung on that cross and took those nails and took those lashes, I believe also Holy Spirit and father took them as well. Mm. Mm. I think that I think God took on the anger of God on himself to save us. Mm. Now, when some people start talking about they can't understand an angry God, then how about an angry God that would take it on himself so that he could give us grace? Now, does that help them swallow it a little bit better? Because it does me. Yeah. And shows the love of the love of the Father, you know, really. 
when we read John John three sixteen comes out takes new light when you think of it like that. Again, it's more it's more than we can conceive of. We we're just finite people. Mm-hmm. We we look through our own grid of rationale. But God is so much greater than that. If, if we can begin to try to conceptualize him of someone that we know only a small amount about, but we know this about him, he is good and he is gracious. Mm. And he ha- he wants to have a, a relationship with, he wants to adopt us into his family and us to have full rights to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now we get a good picture of him. Yeah. So back to the question, if uh, Jesus as man just couldn't do it, you know, or, or turn back from the mission somehow or another, the, we, what would be the result? <laughs> we would be literally cooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We would, you know, all, the scriptures say all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the free gift of God is Christ Jesus. Yeah. You know, all of us have sinned. All of us, like sheep, we've gone astray. All of us. And we 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 are uh, we are born into a sinful world, and we're bound to sin, and sin separates us from a holy God, and and holy God and sin cannot coexist. It just can't do it, and so there had to be a bridge, there had to be a way. You know, we have this uh, this coronavirus that's invading our world and our life right now. And it's killing people and it's making people sick. And there's going to have to be a, there's going to have to be a, a way to cure it. There's going to have to be a way to fight it. There's going to have to be something that's done because it, it will inevitably get to us. If you don't, it will inevitably get to the entire population. If we don't. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same way with sin. It, it inevitably gets to all of us, every one of us. And if we don't have our sins atoned for us by, by what Christ did on the cross and his resurrection on Sunday, then we would have no hope. We would have no answer. We would have no way. We'd have no inoculation. We would have no cure. And we would die in this. And that's just inevitable. Mm. And that's how yeah. serious that was, Brian. That's how serious... If he had taken himself down from the cross, he would, in essence, be saying, they are not worth it. And be honest with you, I agree. We're not worth it. Yeah. But that's him. He made us worthy of it. Well, I was, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were saying, can't we just all worship whatever we want to worship and just leave everybody alone and quit judging each other? You know, it's kind of like it was. It's kind of like the argument, hey, all roads lead to heaven, doesn't matter, you know, what you believe and all that. And and as a Christian, it just that's almost offensive to me. It's like, no, don't you know what Jesus did for you? You know, for you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's offensive to God. I think yeah. it's offensive to Jesus. I think it's offensive to the Holy Spirit because of the price and the sacrifice that they were made, that they made to to reveal themselves to us, to be involved with our life, to give us a relationship with Him. But let me tell you, there's a difference between a philosophy and theology. Mm-hmm. And when you have philosophy, everybody can construct whatever God they want. And let me tell you what it looks like. It could be a graven image. It could be something of a 
some kind of transcendental meditation. It could be some way of thinking. It could be some way of grasping uh, God in such a way that he's not, he's understandable rather than supernatural. Uh, it could be our car or our house or our job because we make gods for ourselves, but they're all little G's, by the way. They're not capital G. But that's the world we live in because it's not a matter of can't we do it. Yeah, it's being done. But mm. they're worshiping false gods. Mm. And they have no hope with their false gods. And let me ask you this. Do you think that these gods that they've made for themselves are helping them with this coronavirus? Mm -hmm. Their jobs? How about their health? Mm -hmm. How about all of these safety precautions they thought that they had with their bank accounts and their stocks? What happened to their stocks now? Yeah. I mean, so the point is those, those are types of gods that are falling down around them and they're, they're coming. There's a reality check that's coming in here. Now they're starting to see they're not real. Mm. And this is when the real God, the true God begins to be relevant to them. Yeah, there's another verse I'm thinking of right now that says, if if we're just living for, if it was all just about this life, then we're to be pitied more than men, more than all men. If you just think that the life is just about this. And I guess some people, maybe that's it. They just think that they think, well, we just, we live and we die and that that's it. Just so you get as much as you can out of this earth because this life, because that's it, you know? Yeah, and when you get to the end of it and there's, you know, and the party's over, then let's get it over with. And I'll take my life and everything else. It, that kind of thing, that kind of thinking goes along. But, you know, I heard something and I thought it was a great quote. It says, you know, if, if uh, you're, if you, if you know, if you don't know Christ, the best you will get will be in this life. But if you know Christ, the worst you will get will be in this life. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I, I choose the best that is yet to come because that's, yeah. that's what I'm living for personally. Well, and I, I think that uh, like this example, this, uh, the person I was talking to, I, I think there's lots of people out there who would call themselves atheists or whatever they want to call themselves who are searching right now. I think, I think the, uh, the fields are ripe for harvest right now because of the coronavirus. I think because of what you said, about all the idols being stripped away and all that. I think people are searching for the truth. Uh, and so this is where all of us influencers out there have an opportunity to just to be influencers, to to bear witness to this Jesus who died on the cross, to to be his light out there. What, what do you think about that? Well, I think atheists are small in number and loud in voice. Mm -hmm. I think the majority of people who are out there uh, feel that there is a need they just don't know what it is. They, they would like to have it filled, but they've actually, they filled it with their gods. I mean, their ball games are over, their sports are over, their teams are done, their, their schools are done. I mean, there's just so many things that, that gave them counterfeits, gave them distractions that have shown them that the path they were on was leading them to emptiness. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that they were already empty. There was mm. something in them that was already empty, but they were filling it with temporary solutions. And now that those are gone, the emptiness is apparent, and they're looking for something that will permanently fill that. 
And this is where the body of Christ needs to be messengers and spokesmen to show them that this is what's going on now. And this is what, this is the invitation you're having and you are being blessed greatly because you're beginning to see it and your need is to be restored to your creator. Yeah. And Jesus does this. Mm, That's right. I'm thinking of also the scene in the garden of Eden after the original sin, they got kicked out of paradise and the angels had the flaming swords guarding and would not let them back in. Right. And then, so, so there was a separation from, from paradise, but, and going all the way to the cross after Jesus took his last breath, the, the, the earth shook and the curtain that separated, you know, everybody from the Holy of Holies that only the high priest could go in was ripped in two, which just God was saying loudly, I'm inviting you in. Now it's, it's finished. And now you can come in. Now you can come back into paradise, back into where, where it all started. Don't you think? Yes. That was the immediate result of the cross is, and that, and then we need to look at that now because that's, that's important to understand. That's the result of the cross. And that is entry into God's heart through Jesus Christ Mm. uh, into the Holy of Holies, which represents the person of God himself. Mm. And it's only through Jesus, the work on the cross. And we can't ever forget the work on the cross, the work on the cross, the work on the cross. And then, then the resurrection. Mm. And, you know, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I think that there, there are several people that, and it's rightfully so. I'm not saying it critically. I'm just saying that there are several people or several denominations that really focus on certain aspects of Easter. And some of them uh, focus heavily on, on the crucifixion. And they, they just don't want you to ever forget that. I mean, and I, and I agree, we should never forget that. But, and they have a real uh, emphasis on the crucifixion, the suffering Christ on that cross. And we have some denominations that, that do a better job of that than others. But then you have other denominations that focus on the resurrection. And the resurrection is, is what, where he conquered the grave and it's, and given us the ability to conquer the grave. But you have to concentrate on both of them. Mm-hmm. The work on the cross and the resurrection that came from it. But there's another aspect that, that I focus on, Brian, and where some people focus on the crucified Christ and some focus on the resurrected Christ. Uh, my emphasis and focus is on the abiding Christ. Mm. Uh, not the one who resurrected 2000 years ago and went into heaven, but the one who lives within my heart today. Mm. The Holy spirit is that representative of Jesus Christ. He is like, like Jesus. He's, he is the perfect replication representation of father. The Holy Spirit is the perfect representation of Jesus. Hmm. And I live with him and he lives with me. Uh, he is. Uh, and that one thing that he said, it says, if you abide in me and the word in me, uh, not with me, he said, to the disciples, if it was with me, he would be saying, stay with me through all of this. Cause I'm getting ready to go to a bad place and you need to stay with me. He's saying, stay in me. And he's already communicating an aspect about this intimacy with him that is in within the heart, the depth of the heart, not the physical aspect, 
but the ongoing intimate relationship that they would have with him. And then he would say, then he said, now go tell other people about that because mm-hmm. that's him as well. And yeah. that, that's the one I focus on is the one here and now, right now with me. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, he said he was sending the spirit, you know, and I was reading John 14 just this morning and he was talking about, I'm going away, but I'm sending the helper. I'm sending the helper that's going to, he'll be with you the very end and he'll teach you all the rest of the things you need to know. Well, that helper's still here with us. You know, that sometimes the Bible story seems ages ago or whatever, but no, that Holy Spirit, that helper is right here today. That's who we abide with. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's and and, 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 but the whole story, the whole gospel story is wrapped up in this. And uh, and that story has been declared loudly when Jesus Christ uh, broke out of that cave uh, tomb and he resurrected. I mean, there was a God was speaking loudly then and he was saying, you know, here is my son and in him you will have your redemption. And that has been declared now over 2,000 years. That message from God is called the gospel, the good news. Mm-hmm. And it continues yeah. to be good news today. That's right. Well, uh, we're about out of time, Rocky. And I, I just feel like I'd like to ask if you just say a prayer. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, there might be somebody listening who doesn't know Christ, who who's never given their life fully to Christ. For whatever reason, they're holding back. Uh, and maybe now they're searching. Maybe they're looking at podcast, listening to podcasts, looking on online, looking for answers. Um, so there's those people, but there's also people who are influencers out there, who are people um, who are maybe afraid or maybe maybe trying to figure things out right now. But just just pray as you feel led. But I just like you to close this in a in a prayer. But as we lead into Easter weekend. All right. Well, Lord, I'm privileged to be able to come to your uh, throne. And to not only come with me, but to to bring a lot of listeners along with this prayer. And as I bow before you, I feel your presence. I feel your I feel your love. I feel your acceptance by your grace for me to bow before you and, and make this prayer known. And Lord, you you know all things. You know all the people that are on this call or on this uh, podcast. You know everything about them. You know their their thoughts right now. You know their fears. You know their anxieties. You know their hopes and their you know their joys. You know uh, their concerns. And I know that you would want me to say to them that you do know these things. And that because you know, you understand firsthand what it's like to go through the things that all of us are going through. And you care about it. You're you're just so merciful and kind. And you're the gentle shepherd. You're the good shepherd. You're the one that takes us beside still waters and green pastures and lays us down and restores our soul. And some of us here are fighting that right now where the fact is we should rest in it. We should rest in the restoration of our souls. 
a lot of the distractions have been taken away from us, things that we did for fun, for entertainment, or for boredom. But we're now invited to a place that removes a lot of these distractions and allows us to come into your throne room and bow down before you and, and have you speak to us to nurture our souls, to bless us and guide us, comfort us. So whatever the need is, Lord, with the listeners on this podcast, I pray that they would feel comfortable to voice it to you, to let you comfort them and nurture them to the intimacy with you that you want to give them. And it's times like this, Lord, that that your words seem to be awfully clear. A lot of distractions are out of the way. And now we can listen. So we are grateful for the price you paid for our souls. We celebrate it. We, we're saddened by it. We're comforted by it. And we're guided by it to always remember your grace to us. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, encouraging you to abide in him and go make disciples. God bless you.